Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Imagine this. Your family has a lineage of football greatness. And as a young 12-year-old boy, you know this is in your blood, too. Your family, your coach, everyone is telling you to never give up on your dreams. And very often, we allow things to hold us back. We get angry. Things didn't turn out the way we pictured or planned. We end up accepting these limiting beliefs as the truth of who we are. But in reality, it's not the setbacks that define us. It's how we respond to the setbacks. It's how we decide how to respond. That's what truly determines the outcome. The Bible says in Proverbs 24 that a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. I like to say it this way. If you fall seven times, then get up eight. Praise God. Our guest today knows all too well how your attitude will determine your altitude. At the age of 12, Anthony Rosano followed the script for many young boys. He wanted to play football. It was in his family DNA. Amen. But on the evening of October 31st, 1987, as he was preparing to play in a very important Pop Warner football game under the lights at the historic Taggart Stadium, things changed in one instant of time. With the flick of one match in his family's garage, a catastrophic incident forced Anthony out the side door engulfed in a ball of flames. Neighbors acted quickly to extinguish the fire and some paramedics who rushed into a nearby hospital. He was in such a condition, they had to airlift him by helicopter to one of the top burn trauma centers in the country, the West Penn Burn Unit in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. While the medical staff worked to save his life, the doctors explained the seriousness of the situation to the family. His family was told to make funeral arrangements. The doctors said they would do everything in their power to save his life, but they didn't give any hope for him to survive even the night. Zero percent. They said he probably would not make it, but God, everything but God, he had a different plan. Amen. After battling multiple bouts of sepsis and receiving over 134 blood transfusions and being given the last rites three times, he survived. Anthony was released from the hospital on January 14, 1988. And when he walked out of West Penn, he didn't walk alone. His family is by his side. The halls were lined with patients, medical staff, and members of the media applauding that he had beat the odds. But surviving just wasn't the end of the journey. He now had to face the painful recovery process, intense physical therapy, and every other obstacle you could think of to live a meaningful life. Folks, define the odds. He continued on his studies. He continued to fight back. He continued to resume playing football for the Newcastle Red Hurricanes. He was a two-year letterman on the varsity team and starting outside linebacker his senior year. 
He knows his survival was a blessing from God. He believes he was blessed with this recovery for the purpose of inspiring others, perhaps you listening to us right now, to keep fighting. Anthony is now a certified public accountant. He's also an NFL agent, so he's still involved with the football uh, profession. Amen. And he's just released an absolutely fabulous book titled Against All Odds, A Story of Faith, Courage, and Perseverance. Help me welcome to the program, Anthony Rosano. Anthony, it is a blessing to have you join us today, brother. I appreciate your time. Wow, that was just uh, such an amazing uh, introduction. I mean, I, I I need to pay for that. That was that, that was something else, Pastor. That was uh, that was amazing. Thank you so much, and it's it's just an honor to be here with you. It's an honor to be alive. It's an honor to share my story, and it's an honor to hopefully uh, inspire some other people who might be faced with uh, some adversity and trials in their life that that they understand no matter how dark today is. Uh, the sun is going to rise. Yeah, amen, amen. That is so true. Every day is a new day as far as God's concerned. Amen, amen. Now, the first question, though, I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Anthony Rizan? Well, that's a great question. And, um, and I'll tell you exactly who I am. Number one, I'm a father and a husband. Uh, number, but... But number one, I'm a son of God. Um, I struggle. Uh, I've I've lived a beautiful life, um, but I continue to be a sinner. And I knew that I need God to hold my hand every single day, in order for me to be a good person and to uh, and to be a better man with every step of the way. Yeah. Um, the journey uh, with a, a faith is is a journey of my life, and and the truth of the matter is that. I believe that the journey of faith means that you continually fall and the beauty of our relationship with God and our relationship with Jesus Christ is no matter how many times we fall, he continues to lift us up. As long as we repent, he continues to bless our lives. And if we're trying to be a better person, he understands. That's why he came in the flesh so he can understand our weaknesses and it's okay. A lot of times people in our lives will feel regret for their falling. A lot of times people in their lives will feel um, sadness for their failings. But the truth of the matter is that is in our humanity. And and I'm just a human being who is trying to do a little bit better every single day. And uh, and it's a, it's a real blessing in my life to be a dad, to be a husband, uh, to be a friend, to be a son, uh, to be a brother. And, uh, and I'm just trying to witness God and, uh, and, and do the best I can every day. Amen. Amen. That's good. Well, take us back to that day in the garage. What was happening and what do you remember? Well, you know, life is so funny because, you know, that day in the garage was, it was, uh, it was something that I never expected. You know, sometimes you make a decision in your life and a decision can be life changing in one second. And that day, my friends and I or my buddy and I were walking through the woods and uh, to go to my, from his house to my own. And these boys were sitting on a quad motorbike and they were sniffing gasoline out of the uh, out of the out of the uh, the quad motorbike. 
And I'll never forget it because just a week before we saw these same kids doing the same thing and said, I'll never do that. But something happened. Uh, they invited us to come along and we, we decided to, to sniff gas with them. Uh, we had left. We went to my mom's house then afterward. And my buddy and I just went into my garage and that's what we did. You know, that it wasn't like that was, I was 12, you know, it was just, yeah. I was a little boy. I uh, made a decision to do something I shouldn't have. Um, my buddy flicked the match. Uh, my clothes caught on fire. And uh, and the next thing I knew, I was I was a ball of flames. Um, what was, I know, what, why did he flip a match? What was, you know, I, I'm not real sure. I, I don't think that he ever would have understood uh, the gravity of what would have happened in that situation. Um, but, you know, the beautiful thing is, though, uh, just, uh, in 2017, I hadn't run into that, that, that guy in a long, long time. Uh, but in 2017, I went to the swimming pool. Okay. With my wife and kids. Well, it was a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon. And I decided and it was a first Saturday. So in our faith, in the, in the Catholic faith, first Saturdays are a big deal. Okay, uh, for certain people when you practice the faith. So I decided to drop my kids off and my wife off at the pool. And I went over to the church, uh, a church that I didn't even belong to because I, they were having a mass. And I just said, you know, it was a St. Joseph church. And I decided to go to mass and and I was praying, uh, suffering a little bit of anxiety at the time, you know, just trying to work it out. And um, And when I went back to the pool, I sat down on a chair and I laid my head back and who was sitting next to me? It was the boy who set me on fire. Oh, wow. Okay. And, you know, and we sat there and I looked at him and I just told him I loved him. Hmm. And he told me he loved me. And, uh, and we spent the whole day together. We hugged at the end of the day, kissed him on the cheek. He kissed me on the cheek. And it was just a wonderful moment of healing. And, you know, so I've realized now that the power of forgiveness and the power of, of understanding is it's, it's so beautiful. And when you can accept that in your life, it is, uh, it is just an amazing thing. So now, you know, I was talking to my son the other night, he asked me, and I asked him, I said, I said, what is your, what is the best day of your life? I asked my little boy. And he was talking to me about the first time he hit a home run and, and uh, the first time he threw a touchdown pass. Then he asked me what the best day of my life was. And I go on to tell him the day that, uh, uh, that he was born and my daughter was born. But then I went on to say that I've now been able to accept that the day that I was burned, October 31st, 1987 was the best day of my life. Mm. Because without having gone through that, okay, I would not necessarily have the wife that I have. I would not necessarily have the children that I have. I would not necessarily have the life and experiences and perspective that I have. So when you can embrace your darkest moments as the transitional period in your best days, that's when you really start to change. Now, finally, I said to him, uh, my best other best day in my life was, November the 13th, 1987. That's the day I lost my left hand. And he said, well, why would that be your best day? I said, because there was an infection in my hand. Mm. 
And when you have something dead, that's something wrong in your life, when that is removed, it might be painful. It might be painful, but that, but letting go of it is the, is the step forward to new and ever a new and a better life. And, uh, and so that's, that's how I just started. That's, that's how I'm, I'm trying to heal and, 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 uh, and I'm starting to believe. Amen. Amen. Well, when you were first in the hospital, they took you to the hospital. And then I understand, you know, your family was told you had zero chance of recovery and they were told to start planning your funeral. Like I said, in the opening, God had other plans. You made it through that first night. Then you made it through the second night. I also read that they had to keep you on in, a, in an induced coma because of a fever or infection. Is that right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. At what point did the doctors begin to think, you know, you just might make it? Well, that's a great question. Okay, so so now I was burned on Halloween Day, and they said if I live for a day, I would die in three days. But if I live for three days, I would die in three weeks. Mm. And three weeks into the uh, accident, or, or into the recovery, really, um, my heart rate was 189 beats a minute for three consecutive days. Mm. Uh, my blood pressure dropped to 49 over 20. Oh, wow. Um, they had a janitor stationed in my room to mop up the blood because I was losing so much blood. Mm. Uh, so the, he was like literally there the whole time. I was in an induced coma and I, uh, and I faced sepsis. Okay. Which is a terrible infection. Um, the doctor said that there, that I was not responding to the antibiotics and uh and they basically quit administering me medication oh wow well that night um my mother and my father and my aunt betty they stayed in my room even though they weren't administering the medication and they put ice on my neck because i had 106 degree fever ice on my wrist and ice on my ankles and uh in a in a a priest by the name of Father Mauro Catella. Uh, he was a uh, he came to visit me, and he brought this uh, little Italian lady from the north side of Pittsburgh, and uh, and she brought this oil, and she anointed me, and when she did, she sat at the foot of my bed on her knees, and uh, she prayed for me, and for a very long time, and at the end, she hugged my mother. And told her that the little boy's going to be okay. Without any more medication, the next morning, um, my heart rate stabilized, my blood pressure stabilized, and my fever went away. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't, I never, I never met her. Okay. Other than I was, I was really sick at that time. So mm -hmm. this story and this, this all comes from my parents. Yeah. And uh, and there was there was an intersection there where there was faith and then there was medical science. And at the time that medical science could not uh, do anything to help, faith persevered. Amen. And uh, and it's just a testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit. And so um, I'm not sure exactly while my life was saved. Um, I do think now at 47 years old, which I am now, I'll be 48 soon. 
that my life was really saved for my children's sake. Okay. And I think my life was saved for my wife and for maybe someone out there listening to my story today, that they have something special to do in their life and they might be uh, struggling. They might be struggling with alcoholism. They might be struggling with drug addiction. They might be struggling with their faith. And I hope that they can hear my voice and understand that no matter how bad it gets, that you can always you you can you can take another step and uh and there and there's and there's a good for a good future in store for you. Yeah, and uh, and, and, that's and your purpose could share. also be to write this book to leave a legacy even after you're gone because that book will remain. You know? Well, it's uh you know I it's a very special book and uh and I I really tell uh the story of my accident and recovery and i think that uh i i tell it in in such a manner that no one uh could have ever understood because you know i tell about what it was like to actually be on fire and and the in the feeling of the flames on me and but i also tell of a feeling of a hand on my shoulder that took away my pain mm. and you know, sometimes it, when we're in a, that dark spot, you know, that pain just has to go away and and we can't do it on our own. And, Amen. you know, and so when you read the story and you read the and, and you read the it's an inspiration because it shows that, wow, this was this was so painful and so horrible to go through. But there's also uh, in the story of Christ, which we all should try to walk in his footsteps christ also endured suffering yes he okay did. and christ also endured joy and even christ had to feel anger at times when he was in the temple and and it's his example that even christ felt that he didn't want to take on his passion and he asked he asked God the Father, he said, if it will be done, would you please take this cup from me? Okay, yeah. so he felt anxiety himself. So the idea and the notion of Christ and living in Christ's pass, uh, path is not necessarily that we are going to have a life without sorrow or a life right. without pain or a life without anxiety, but we can also have a life with joy and glory if we live and follow his footsteps. And yeah, that's a that's a beautiful thing it, when you think about walking in the footsteps of Christ, which is very, very difficult at times. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in your book, you explain, you know, how surviving the initial incident was one thing, but that the recovery process was something else. Can you share a little bit of what it was like once you were over the first hurdle of survival and then moving on to the follow on procedures? Oh, look, so so when they, when you're a burn patient. You have to go through what's called uh, an excising uh, of your burn injuries. Okay, so essentially, what has to happen is every day, three times a day, they have to take you and your burn injuries get uh, it with a wire brush. Okay, mm. and they have to scrape you and then and then cut the burn skin off of you. And when you have an extensive burn like mine, which was eighty-seven percent of your body, it was all over, and so. You had to endure that. And I imagine that a lot of people uh, can't survive because the pain was so horrendous that uh, it's like nothing else. You know, it was actually probably worse than being on fire. Um, 
and then they take you and 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 put you in a, a tub full of betadine, wash you, wrap you, and then you're back to bed again. Uh, that happens three times a day, and that was very difficult to endure. Now, when I was out of the hospital, my first steps, um, you know, my first steps, I'll never forget. I, I, I just wanted to be back on my feet. And and when I finally was able to stand, I saw a glimpse of my face in the mirror and my head was shaved and I was skinny and, and, and very pale and I didn't even recognize myself. And I looked at myself in the face and, and tears fell down my eyes because I realized in that moment that I was not the same exact person that I went in as, okay? And, uh, and having to accept that and recognize that my life has changed, it didn't happen because, you know, I read something the other day that said, the truth of the matter is that you've never seen yourself with your own eyes. You know, sure. you've, you've only seen a reflection of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact is that when you understand that, that, that major change in your life, okay, it was like, uh, it was very difficult, but I stood up and, uh, and Dr. Goldfarb, who was just an uh, amazing person, he, uh, it, when it was time for me to leave the hospital, he said, look, he looked at me, he said, the ball's in your court. I'll never forget what he said. He goes, now we did everything to save you, but who you become is up to you at this point. And uh, I said, I'm just going to play football. And that's all I could think about. And football turned out to be uh, my calling card. And so it wasn't necessarily even about getting better. Uh, That wasn't what I was shooting for. I was shooting to get back on the football field. And so when it came to physical therapy, when it came to learning how to walk straight up and stand up and bend my legs and reach my hands above my shoulders, that was all just because I needed to get on the football field. And uh, and the truth is that if I wasn't inspired by my coaches and my friends and, and my neighbors, uh, if I wasn't brought along by the people who cared about me, my brother and my father and, and my mom, if I wasn't loved by them, I would have never been able to accomplish and, and get back on that yeah. field. And it And it so happens that getting back on that field is what saved my life because now I'm able to, uh, I'm able to do a lot of things. And, uh, and it, and it all came because of uh, fighting back. Amen. Did you know the Lord during this time of your life? You know, my walk with the Lord has been a, uh, it's been a a beautiful thing. And the truth is that um, when I was on my back on my deathbed, even when I was unconscious, I was saying the, our father, the Hail Mary and the glory be. I went to Catholic school growing up. I don't know what instilled me to do that at that time, because as a little boy, I, you know, I was, I can't say that I was reverent, you know, but I was, uh, I can say that when I was in that bed at that time, I, I said a lot of prayers. Now, here's the other thing that happened though. When I got out of the hospital, I felt this overwhelming sense of evil on me. Like, like I was bad, like, like this was a penalty for something that I did. And I had to learn and and go to counseling and and talk to my mom. And I had to learn to, uh, I'll never forget. I used to, 
I, I had to learn to say, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Okay. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Because in doing so, it brought me a healing in my mind that allowed me to accept God's will in my life. So the journey through healing isn't just this beautiful path. Okay. Right. The journey through healing sometimes could have setbacks and you could be doing great one day and then have another day where you're not doing so well. And so I think it's important for people who follow and love Christ to understand, even if you're a pastor, even if you're a priest, even if you're a church, no matter who you are, even if God saved your life, there's going to be days that you feel dark. And you have to understand and you have to rebuke those feelings in yeah. order to let that light in. It's not just this, this, this life full of sunshine and rainbows. It's a, it's, it's a life where there's continuous growth and continuous prayer so that you will heal can, uh, because that is the state that we are in as human beings. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. Oh man, what a story that Anthony's been sharing with us. I mean, imagine being a 12-year-old boy basically destined to follow in the family footsteps of playing football at a high level, even possibly the pro level. Then in one minute, your life completely changes. I mean, I can't imagine a more tragic thing. But Anthony Rosano made not just a comeback, but an amazing comeback. And I pray you're being inspired by his story today. I want to urge you, drop down the show notes, get in touch with Anthony, and be sure to click the link right there to purchase his book as well. Because folks, this book, it's an amazing read. Against All Odds, a story of faith, courage and perseverance you definitely need to add this to your rating list amen and be sure to come back for the very next episode as we conclude this interview with anthony rosano till then this pastor bob reminded you be blessed in all that you do thank you for listening to today's episode of the kingdom crossroads podcast please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published with over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.